It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. All right, our scripture today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 9, and I'll just read verse 1 into your hearing from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, somebody say, and his sons, and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. Amen? Now, let me say before I get started, before you get seated, uh, most of the study that I present probably for this month, I'm going to take from the African Heritage Study Bible. Now, I have study Bibles that have been put out by Reary, uh, Cole Holmans, Thompson Chain, all other people have put out study Bibles. But this time, I want to look at the Word of God from a different perspective. Amen. Is that all right? Now this perspective is going to shock some of y'all because if you've only been used to looking at it from a, another perspective, a new perspective may cause you to look and be fearful to receive some things. So I just want you to know I didn't come here to be radical today, but if I sound like it, I'm just going to read what the Bible say and let it talk for itself. Amen. Y'all say amen again. So let me read that again. Then God blessed Noah and his and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Amen? You may be seated. Well, as we know, you can see by the signage that black history, uh, February is considered uh, Black History Month or African American History Month where we recognize the accomplishments and contributions uh, African America has made to this great nation. As Americans, we generally began African American history with slavery. But as Christians and children of God, history begins with creation and the creation of mankind and introduction of mankind into the earth. The Bible says the Lord planted a garden eastward in, somebody say Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Now it's important for you to understand where Eden flows from. And most of the time we talk about, think about Eden, we say the garden of Eden, but it's really Eden and then the garden was in Eden. Similar to if I said that there was a garden in Florida. Okay? And that garden have to have some particular designation to define where it's at. And so when he said there's a garden in Edom, it's like saying there's a garden in Florida. And the boundaries of that garden is I-10, I-95, I-75, and I-4. When I make those boundaries, I narrow down where the garden is. 
the garden can't be in West Florida because that would be past 75. The garden can't be down in Miami because that would be past Highway 4, Interstate 4. So when he says the garden was in Edom, it was, Edom was bigger than the, y'all better hear me today, was bigger than the garden. And so what we find here is there's that, now Edom flows from the region of the Blue and White Nile River. You can find that in early Genesis, probably chapter 2. Do you know where the Nile River is? The Nile River runs through, run through what country? What continent? Can y'all say it like you understand that? So now the Nile River runs through Edom and it flows over to the Tigris Euphrates River. Where is the Tigris Euphrates? Iraq. Huh? Iraq. Back then, we didn't know it as Iraq because it was kind of called Babylon, some other name. But it was, as we say today, Iraq. So now you got this boundary that starts in Africa and goes all the way over to Iraq. Back in those days, that boundary was all one part of the earth. The plates started to shift and continents broke. Y'all better hear me today. And, and so what I'm trying to get you to see is that when we look at the Bible from a certain perspective, we got to understand the boundaries that God placed certain things in. And so he says, it flows from the land of Cush. When you see Cush, you don't think of nothing. But when I see Cush, I think of Ethiopia. When you see it as Ethiopia, it gives you a whole different perspective of how you see because most of us know that Ethiopia is where? Y'all better hear me today. I know it's going to be kind of tough for some of y'all, but I'm going to do it anyway. So my objective is simply to show that we are in the blessing. In our culture, many of our young people are being discouraged and dissuaded not to get on this course of religion that is called Christianity. They are being told that Christianity is a religion that is used to keep our people docile, subjugated, and in a mind state that we feel like we are inferior, inhumane, and relegated to a life of servitude. Most of this thinking was perpetuated by an erroneous teaching that is called the Hermetic Curse which alleged that when Noah cursed Ham's son, now he cursed Ham's son, and I'm going to show you this here in a minute, that the descendants of Ham were cursed to become, guess what color? Black. So some people think for all these years that you are a cursed people because somebody misinterpreted what the word God said. And they believed that that interpretation was used to justify the enslavement of millions of black people because they would be considered inhumane and unintelligent 
And so therefore, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be treating a human being cruel. You would be treating an animal. Now, let me say this, because y'all getting out of choir. I know the Bible is God's holy word. I know that it's multicultural and written to all mankind because God sacrificed Jesus for all mankind, regardless of their race, creed, color, national origin, or previous conditions of servitude. But in this series, somebody say, but. I want to primarily highlight the descendants of Ham. Because that's where the curse is supposed to be, on Ham's children. And somebody in their wisdom figured that when this situation came about where there was Noah and his three sons, that they need to break those three sons up and determine race, when the Bible never defines us by race. The Bible defines us by regions and clans, and I'm going to show you that in a minute. But since somebody decided to pick Ham, and make him the son that was cursed and turn to look like you. I, for the sake of this lesson, I'm going to just call him Black Ham. Black Ham. Is that all right? And what you need to understand is that at one time, people have used that to socially engineer people and get us to see this Bible only from a Eurocentric perspective. When in reality, it should have always started in Africa. Because England and Germany is never mentioned in the Bible. But Africa is found all throughout the Bible, but it's called different names because of regions, and you've got to understand the name that you hear and make the connection to what they're talking about. And my job today is to just help some of y'all take this movie that has been written in your mind and kind of change some of the characters just a little bit. Because you have painted your movie based on one perspective and I just want to share with you another perspective. Is that all right? See, when we have been social engineered and look at this word from a Eurocentric viewpoint, we assume that most of the characters and most of the people of note, of prominence, are white. <laughs> because most of the movies that you look at and most of the art that you see never paint anybody in the Bible in a positive way that look like you. So therefore, in your mind, set and viewpoint, most of the people in the Bible don't look like you. When I believe it's just simple math, if I just go back to their premise that out of them three boys came all the other races, one third of the people in the Bible ought to look like 
Oh, God, I know this is going to mess with somebody else. But let me go ahead. Go to Genesis chapter 9. When Noah came out of the ark, he was like a second Adam about to usher in a new beginning on earth. And, and, and from the human race, for the human race, because he and his family would repopulate the whole earth. earth. Now, chapter 9 records the controversial curse that Noah spoke on his grandson, Canaan, which was Ham's youngest son. But I read to you earlier that God blessed Noah and his so if God blessed them, Noah don't have the authority to override God's So he didn't curse the one that caused the problem. He cursed his Oh, y'all better hear me today. Now look at this. I'm in verse 18, and I want you to see the repopulation plan. It says, and I'm in chapter 9 of Genesis. The sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, Japheth. Then somebody will say Ham is the father of Canaan. That's important because we're going to see here in a minute, you know, yeah, Canaan. He says, for these three sons of Noah came from these three sons of Noah came all, somebody say all, all the people who now populate the earth. So that means that all of us are cousins in some kind of way. If you believe that all the rest of the earth came from those three boys and someone decided to break them up by race, but God never did that, then I'm going to go with what people have been lying about and say at least one third of them look like you. Amen. You were in the blessing from the beginning. Somebody just wrote a movie and took you out of it. Oh, Lord, I know it's going to be tough. Verse 20, disgrace. It says, after the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground. Kind of sound like Adam's job. You know, grow some stuff. And Noah planted a vineyard. And instead of eating the grapes, Noah decided he was going to make some wine. One day, he, he said, after the flood, Noah cultivated the ground and planted a vineyard. One day, he drank some wine he had made. And he became drunk. And lay naked. Somebody say naked. Inside his tent. Well, you know, God didn't have no problem with him making the wine. God didn't have no problem with him drinking the wine. But God got a problem when he got drunk with the wine. Because when you get drunk with the wine, it makes you do some things unseemly. Amen. Oh, God, don't y'all sit here and look at me like that. You know, some of us have been drunk before. Amen. And people have to tell you the next day how you acted. Because uh -huh. you just did some things. Yeah, disrespectful. I'm, you 
was no different than Noah. Noah just drank too much, and he did some things. I'm glad we're on the fast right now. Because none of y'all can't get drunk, because you, you know, you ain't supposed, you, you're supposed to be drinking water. Let me, I was just joking. I was just joking. I know the Super Bowl coming up, and I got it. I got it. The Bud Light going to be flowing. I got it. But we are on the... So now look at this. Noah, get the picture, is in the tent naked. Ham, the father of Cana, not Cana, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Now he should have covered his dad up and kept his mouth shut. But he decided to go out there and make the issue out of it because he shouldn't have went in his dad's tent uninvited. Unless dad was sick or something like that, but we don't know why he went in. But when he went in, he disrespected, he dishonored his father. Then the other two boys, Sham and Japheth, took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so that they could not see him naked. You know, your children, <laughs> now nah, let me leave that alone. <laughs> Let me, let me go to 24. When Noah woke up from his stupor, drunk, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. And this is what he said. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Hmm. Somebody read that and said, this would be a good time to say that Ham turned black when he got cursed. But Ham really didn't get cursed. It was Canaan, his son. Uh. Verse 26, then Noah said, May the Lord God, may the Lord, the God of Shem. Shem is where Abraham lineage come from. He was Abraham's granddaddy. That's why we feel like because of this blessing, Abraham was given God's word first. He trusted God. And I'm going to show you some of that. And so therefore, that's where that lineage come from. And many Canaanites, and may Canaan be his servant. Now you should get a picture when you understand the word Canaan and Canaanites that when Joshua went into the promised land, most of the folks that was considered Canaanites, he was supposed to wipe them all out, but he didn't. And guess what? Some of Ham's kids ended up mingling with God's. Oh, y'all, God, I got to show y'all that later. It ain't today, but we're just going to deal with this today. He says, may God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Sham. And may Canaan be his servant. So from that, if you take that and put that in 17th century world, someone decided that using that scripture could justify putting people in because they was already cursed. They were, say it. Yeah, like you, you know what I'm saying. 
They were what? They were blind. If the truth be told, probably most of the people in this story had brown or tans. But I won't deal with that truth right now. I'm just going to deal with what they said. And since it was determined that Ham had been cursed, the world has looked at things that are black in a whole different way. Things that are black get a negative connotation. Black cats are bad when they cross your path, but a white cat can touch you all day long. Who told you that? Who told you, if I say to you right now, devil food cake, most of y'all gonna get a chocolate cake in your mind. Who told you that the chocolate cake got to be the devil food cake? Why couldn't that be the angel? No, because that'll mess y'all psyche up. Because the angel food cake got to be. In our culture, 90% of the things that are connected with evil is painted as black. Black magic. But there's also white magic. You just don't hear about it. And so with that mindset, you can look at yourself and things that are black and don't see the beauty in it, but you see what has been painted there by others. And so therefore, it's easier for if you've been taught that you're less than an inferior to buy into that. In my generation, this younger generation, they got all these tools. They should, should know better. We didn't know better. We didn't have the internet to be able to research, and we weren't reading like that. So we believe what folks told us. What folks told us about ourselves. And so someone had to, and y'all can look, look this up, you know, slavery became an issue, and therefore to justify it, you had to have someone that was not looked at as human. Even in America, we had laws on the books talking about the three-fifths of a, of a person. We got laws that said if you had just one drop, one drop of black blood, you're going to be black. Now, some of those laws are ancient, but some of the mindsets are still here. Oh, God, I know it's going to be tough today. So let me go on and read this. Let me, let me keep going. Now, to keep with my objective, I want to take a look at Genesis chapter 10 to see that the nations that descended from Ham and, and see how they repopulated the earth. See who they are. See can we connect with some of these names that are attributed as being the descendants of Black Ham. So when I look at this genealogy, I'm not going to look at the other two genealogies. I'm just going to narrow it down to where they say we fit. Somebody told us we fit here, so I'm just going to go we fit. Is that all right? Even though I don't believe we really fit here, I'm just going to go with the narrative that has been presented all these years and written about in books. And I'm going to look at that and compare to what God's words say about where we fit. Is that all right? Now look at this. And I'm in Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. And I'm going to read, got quite a bit to read here, but I'm going to kind of go through some of these names because like with any large family or clan, everybody don't survive and be good and make the books. Some people just don't. 
And so some of these names, because of wars and different countries coming in, they change names. So you may not find all of them in the Bible, but there is a thread of black hands, folks, that runs all the way to the cross. Oh, God, help me. Y'all in verse 6, chapter 10? It says, the sons of Ham were Cush. Somebody said Cush. Where is that? Ethiopia. You know, when Moses got in trouble, guess where he went? Stayed for 40 years. However many years. He went to the land of... And guess what he did while he was down there? Got married to one of them Cushites. And when he needed some wisdom to figure out how to deal with all them stubborn people, guess where he went back to his father-in-law? An Ethiopian who told him how to govern the people. That's coming late. I just got ahead of myself. So, Cush, Ethiopia, Mizraim is what? Egypt. Put is Libya, and Canaan encompasses what we call the Promised Land, Israel, Palestine, Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is in Canaan. So if you go back and do some research, you'll find out that most of the original Canaanites, if you look at their art, look like you. I know it's going to be tough. Then he says, verse 7, the sons of Cush were Sheba, Havilah. Now that's that a river and a location that's also in Genesis chapter 2 that it talks about this land of Havilah and what kind of minerals were there. Sept Septiba, Ramah, again, Septika, help me with these. And the sons of Ramon were Sheba and Dedan. Names like Sheba follow all the way through the Bible. Because we run across a bath. Whose husband was a Hittite. Who comes from these Canaanites. Who David had killed. So that he can get his wife. That Hittite. Probably. One of Ham's. Oh, y'all getting quiet. Cush begot Nimrod. He began, began to be a mighty one on the earth. Nimrod, Cush, Ethiopian, was considered the first heroic warrior on earth. Not only was he a warrior, he was an architect and an engineer. A, we need to let our kids know if this is true, they got the potential to build cities, to be architects and engineers. They're not dumb because I found one of their ancestors way, 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 way back that did some things. Now he got a little crazy. I ain't gonna deny that, but I'm pretty sure in all three of these groups, some of them got crazy. So, so I'm not going to beat him up for being a conqueror because we didn't beat Alexander the Great up when he conquered. We didn't beat Caesar up when they... We didn't beat Napoleon when they conquered. 
And so therefore, because Nimrod was a conqueror, we want to look at it in a negative light when all he was doing is using the talents that God gave him to create some stuff. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. So Nimrod was mighty one, the mighty one on earth. Now look at this. He was a mighty hunter before who? Oh, my God. He in the blessing. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now look at this. And the beginning of his kingdom. Rob, he wasn't a slave in the kingdom. He was... See, when this show up in a movie, during my day, he could never look like me. Because if someone saw him looking like me, that would go against all the stereotypes they had been taught. Because we were taught that, hey, you could never rule over anybody that don't look like you. So in the movie, your children look at this and never figure out. Somebody said, well, it don't matter. Well, if it don't matter, why did you pick that? Ah, God. Erech, Akkad, and Gala in the land of Shinar. We're going to see that later. Shinar, this whole land that he built eventually is what we know as Babylon. And you know down in Babylon, you know he built this city called Nineveh. Y'all remember the Ninevites? You know, they was cutting the food. They were bad. They were some bad people. Bad, they were our bad brothers. Amen. But God wanted them to be in the plan. So he sent Jonah down there to talk to the Ninevites. And after Jonah preaching and telling them, hey, in 40 days, God going to destroy this place, guess what the Ninevites did? They fasted, prayed, and re So even when our folk act the fool, they can still be saved. Y'all better hear me today. If God took, his, took it enough upon himself, Jonah didn't even want to go. Jonah went the other way, running from Ham's kids. But God said, you're going even if you don't want to. Verse 11, from, from that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Caleb, and Risen between Nineveh and Caleb. That is the principal city. So this guy was powerful. He built all that up so he couldn't have been dumb. Do you run the why for so long? People painted people that look like you as being dumb, unintelligent, can't learn complex things. When we built pyramids. And so what we got to do is look at things from a different perspective. And we got to show these kids, our kids, the word from a different perspective. Now, I'm not telling you you got to get militant or anything like that, but you need to let them know that they're in the book. Uh 
they fit in God's because somebody's going to come and talk to them and tell them they don't. And therefore, you might as well join us because they don't even look for you in the plan. But I drop by to tell you, you're in the blessing. Amen. Now look at verse 13. It says, Mizraim, that's who? Egypt. He begot Ludum, Ananim, Levitam, and Nathium, what all these names are, Pathium, Calcium, and from... I'm just calling them because I, you know, I got them broken out, but I'm just reading fast now, so y'all can go back and break them down. Forgive me. From whom came the filler and kept on. So now, David had to deal with one of Black Ham's children. Because Goliath was a Oh, Lord, have mercy. Let me go on down. 15. Canaan begot Sidon. His firstborn, Heth, and I'm going to talk about him later. The Jebusites, the Amor Amorites, the Gershites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Avarites, the Zimorites, the Hamathites. After the, after the families of Canaan were dispersed. Now, look at this. Most of those names you'll find out and see again when they go in the promised land. And most believe that that's why that curse was on Canaan. Because Canaan children did act up. They did. But even though Joshua was supposed to destroy all of them, a remnant remained. Even Rahab remained. Now look at this, verse 19. And the borders of the Canaanites was from Sidon, which is modern day Lebanon, as you go down toward Gerar. Gara is probably what we would call either Palestine or the area where we would find just near the Gaza Strip. As far as Gaza, then as you go towards Sodom, Gomorrah, Adamah, Zebium, as far as Lacia. So that was the boundaries of the Canaanite land. And God made a promise to Abraham that at one time, at some point in time, he was going to give him that land back. And so when people came to take that land back, the people that was in the land didn't want to give it up that freely. And so that's why there's still a remnant to this day fighting for that. Oh, God, y'all better help me today. Now look at this. This is important. Verse 20. Forget all the names because I'm, they're going to come back tomorrow. It says, these were the sons of Ham according to their families. Somebody say families. Some of your Bibles may say clans. According to their language. Somebody say language. In their lands and in their nowhere did the Bible classify people by race. Once you knew your nationality, it didn't make no difference what, 
what race you are, what color you are. That was a construct that came much later, and it didn't come from no biblical, biblical writings from the Lord. It came from man's writing. And when those men's writing got connected with Bible and became commentary, people took those commentary as being the truth. And so that's why I say I don't have a problem. I read commentaries, but what you got to do is you got to read more than one so that you can get a different. And when you read in Chronicles chapter 1 and Micah chapter 5, it lets us know uh, that they even recognize Nimrod as one of the first warriors on earth in Chronicles. Micah said the Assyria is called the land of Nimrod. And so what we need to see here is that even though people may have said someone is cursed, if that person's heart is right, God can use them no matter what color they are. See, Nimrod was so smart that he tried to build a tower, not to hell. He was trying to get where? But God didn't want him to come to heaven. But he said, them folks are all on one accord, and that boy is so smart that if we don't go down there and confuse their they're going to pull this thing off. We're going to look up one day and ham kids going to be. <laughs> oh, God. Let me close. Because I'm going to talk about that some more. Not today. With a brief look at Abraham's encounter with some of the descendants of Ham. When the Lord called him to leave his father's home and go to a land that he promised him that he had never seen. On his way to that place, to this nation that Abraham would eventually build and be responsible for, he arrived in the land that was inhabited by Canaanites. And when a famine arose in the land that he was in, guess what Abraham ran to get fed? Over the Black Ham's children. I said I was going to call it Black Ham, but y'all can say Egypt. Well, let me read it for you. I'm in verse 9 and 10. The Bible says this. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land. So in other words, he went there for survival. And what you're going to see is that while he was there, Abraham got blessed. And he even got a double blessing because, you know, he lied. He lied. Y'all don't know the story. But he told Sarah, say, when they look at you, girl, you, 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 you good. <laughs> And, and ham boys like pretty women. And they will kill me to get you. So we go down here 
We're going to say, you are my. And so when the Egyptian ruler decided he wanted to make a play for Sarah, Sarah at the time, God sent an angel to him and talked to him in the night. Say, you don't want to touch her. And that somebody that wasn't supposed to be in the plan woke up and blessed Abraham and gave him whatever he he needed. When Jacob experienced a famine, God had already placed one of his sons who had been put in slavery by his brothers. And guess where he placed him? In Egypt. Right down amongst black hams, he is. And Joseph rose to power and became the second man in charge of all. And guess what Joseph did? He went out and married one of black hams. Oh, God. What I'm trying to show you here is that God is not a respect of it's ideologies that normally cause God to have a problem with us. When people in this Bible believed the same thing and accepted God, he had no problem with them. But when different ideologies came in, it caused the problem. So now Joseph flourished in Egypt. So when Jacob was dying in the famine, Joseph was in place amongst Ham's kids to save his whole and they lived in Egypt and they flourished in Egypt. Flourished. Had the best land in Egypt. So God has a way of showing us that no matter what Noah said, he didn't curse thee because he kept sending his people back to them whenever they were in And when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a baby, got in trouble, when Herod was about to kill all the babies two years in, an angel came to Joseph. He didn't say, take him to Germany. Take him to Switzerland. Take him to Norway. Take him to Russia. Take him to Sweden. He didn't say, take him there. He didn't say, hey, Get on a boat and take them to England. But he said, wake up and take them over to Egypt. Because there's a prophecy in the Bible that says, out of Egypt, I have called my son. And, oh God, and because I know that Egypt is in Africa, I have a liberty to say, out of Africa, God called his son. And the reason he could hide him down there it's because there's a good possibility that he blended in with Ham's kids. Oh, God. <laughs> Your children need to know that they can blend in with anybody. Don't let them be hindered by what have people have told them. They're not a cursed people. They're blessed. And we are blessed because the word of God says we're blessed. But if you don't know how to read it and interpret it, somebody else paint the picture for you, paint the movie for you. All the movies look like you in slavery. 
When the Ten Commandments, Pharaoh at least should have looked. But because you have been conditioned to not see yourself, you accepted what the cinematographic people put before you. And that's why you accept a blonde hair, blue eye, because that's what people put. I'm not saying that's wrong. God created man in his image. And man turned around and created God in theirs. I'm just trying to help you create your so that your children will know that they are in the along with everybody else. Because the way the guys who wrote this what I'm preaching about today apparently they cut us out. So that's why I don't need to talk to the other two-thirds because this is assumed that you've always been in the blessing. But we have been the cursed part of the family and I'm trying to get us back to where we belong because we've always been in the blessing. Oh, Lord, I'm through now. Y'all give the Lord a hand of praise. Y'all ain't got to be afraid. Come on. Hallelujah. You're a child of God. You got a <laughs> You got a right to praise him. You got a right. You got a right. And I told you from the beginning, I ain't saying this from no racist standpoint or anything like that. All I'm saying is that people create images, and we ought to just create some images based upon the truth of God's word and let our children know. If you can't find them in biblical history, don't be looking for them in America. And I'm going to help you find some of them in biblical history. And I'm going to do it, not slighting the other two-thirds, but I'm just starting where they told me I was. Little curse, black ham. I'm just black boulder. But I'm going to destroy the myth of the curse. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Hallelujah.